You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily Bloomberg iHeart podcast. And I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael, Managing Editor of Crypto for Bloomberg News. It's Monday, November 7th. My name's Moses, and I'm one of the producers on the Bloomberg Crypto Podcast. Today's episode is all about Formula One, or F1 for short. F1 is all about speed, innovation, and engineering. So perhaps it's no surprise that crypto is emerging as one of the biggest sponsors of F1. Companies ranging from FTX to Crypto.com have spent millions of dollars on flashy deals, and around 80% of F1 teams have at least one crypto partner. Crypto.com even has a $100 million deal with the Formula One group itself. But in this current market, how long can crypto firms keep splashing the cash? And is it even worth it? Bloomberg senior editor Anna Herrera. There's so much talk in crypto about utility, right? Do we actually need crypto? What is it for aside from trading? And Bloomberg crypto blogger Emily Nicole. I met a fan at the Silverstone GP in the UK over the summer who spent more than 20,000 tokens on being able to go to the race with a Aston Martin like VIP experience. Here today to discuss the future of crypto's fast car sponsorships. Hi, Emily. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So we're going to chat about your story, uh, which was a long one in the making. You did a lot of reporting for it. Um, can you start off by giving us a sense and setting the context for what's going on with Formula One and crypto companies? If you're somebody who watches Formula One, like I was, I discovered it like many other people through the Netflix show Drive to Survive, which probably to a Formula One fan is like heresy to say. But anyway, that's how I found it. The hit Netflix show Drive to Survive has brought Formula One racing to a huge new audience, particularly in the US. Weaving together the sports fierce rivalries and electrifying action. And I realized through watching through the seasons, like since 2017 onwards, that we were seeing more and more crypto names pop up with each season. You were seeing more and more companies appearing on cars, appearing on uniforms. And I was like, they were definitely rising as a brand in the race for sure. And what piqued my interest about it is because Formula One is a sport where it costs a lot of money to be a sponsor. It's something that costs way more than any other sport, pretty much. It's one of the priciest things to do. 
And so as crypto companies started to kind of accrue wealth, as the bull market really set in, they kind of spent the early days of the bear market, 2018 to 2019, building up some of that wealth. 2021 was the year they could really spend. This was obviously like a really big way to make a splash, to say, oh, okay, we've got a Formula One sponsorship. I'm going to sponsor my favorite team or I'm going to sponsor this Grand Prix and get the title rights. And we've seen hundreds of millions of dollars spent on this race now. So obviously that was the bull market and that was then today the situation is quite different for crypto companies and the crypto markets so how has that sort of changed uh, with regards to formula one we've definitely seen fewer sponsors i think making a big splash there have still been some for sure because i think especially with sponsorships in sport uh we've done we've kind of talked about this before on the podcast as well but it's the kind of thing where there's like a little bit of a hangover because these deals are signed and they're signed for many years in one go and they'll pay for it all up front on occasion so you kind of get all the all the money in one go um and so this is something that like you might even see crypto names hang around for a while when they're, they're not really contributing or having a great time in the markets but there's definitely been a bit more reticence among crypto companies to consider how they're spending their money and where um and so some companies like ftx which sponsors the mercedes team said things like well you know we want to value these things on an annual basis to really get an idea of like what this is costing us and how much it's benefiting us going forward and how has sort of regulation affected crypto sponsorships of Formula One? I think the situation changed a, changed a bit with the Singapore Grand Prix. Yeah, I think this was the year, 2022, that uh, rules around advertising crypto really started to kick in um, because that was an easy thing for regulators to do, right? Financial promotions are pretty like pretty standard laws as they come. And so adding crypto to the basket of high risk investments was an easy thing to do. And that made it more difficult for sponsors to be able to say with certainty, oh yeah, I'll be able to display my logo at France Grand Prix and I'll be able to do it in Italy and I'll be able to do it in Singapore. Um, and so that meant that there was like some negotiations had to be made or some changes had to be made depending on the location. So in France, you didn't see any crypto sponsors kind of around the track or sometimes even they dropped off the uniforms in the cars. In Singapore, it was just on uniforms and cars and not around the track, which for one uh, team in particular, McLaren, they chose then to cover their car in their crypto sponsor OKX for Singapore because that was the one place they could put it. Have these sponsorships actually helped crypto companies? Like what has been the return on investment? They're super pricey. Um, did they help them get more customers? And does that actually even matter these days when, you know, volumes have dropped if you're an exchange? Like, you know, should they, should, I mean, I know it's not for you to, I guess, say, but would have been wiser to maybe keep the money in their, in their coffers. Or are we talking about companies that have so much money anyways that it kind of doesn't really matter? It's not maybe the types of crypto firms that would have gone down it's like really the big big players yeah i think definitely in the earlier days the crypto sponsors that were getting involved in f1 may have been companies you hadn't really heard of so we've definitely had a few crypto sponsors over the years appear in f1 and then quietly drop away from f1 um and not really much explanation was provided and if i would say those names to you now you wouldn't really recognize them it's companies like bitchu for example which was a turkish exchange which really isn't on many people's radar anymore that they were mclaren's first crypto sponsor and i think that was one of the teams that was the first to sign a crypto sponsor ever for formula one um now they have crypto exchange okx which told me that 
since doing the deal, there's definitely been like, you know, a bit of an uptick overall this year. They've had their revenues go up and the deal with McLaren is a, a big step forward in that. Um, at FTX, they said that there's been a noticeable increase in new customers since. And I think just getting on people's radar is important. But the appeal of F1 is that not only is it an expensive sport to sponsor, it's an expensive sport to be a fan of. It's really expensive to get tickets if you can manage it at all. If you want to go to a race that's not the one in your hometown, you're going to have to pay for international travel. So that's really expensive too. And even just to watch it on your TV is really expensive because branding rights and, well, sorry, broadcasting rights for F1 um, are like highly competitive and, and TV channels will pay lots of money to be able to broadcast f1 so either you're going to go down to your local pub or bar and watch it there or you're going to pay for that kind of exclusive streaming access to watch formula one live all of that means that crypto companies are able to tap into a slightly wealthier set of of buyers or clients um they're also able to do things like maybe reach a younger set since the advent of netflix it's definitely broadening out the age range and appeal of f1 do you think I mean, that it's just about the, 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 the types of fans that they can engage or it's just even a, getting a sense for themselves of feeling more like we've made it, you know, like going for these big, like, like marquee deals. Like, is it is it really necessary? I, I definitely think it's a bit of both, right? Like, so, yes, there is maybe a wealthier fan that you can access. And then also we've made it because we can take our clients to like some flashy race and you know really like treat them and dress them up to the nines um but also i think like one thing that i would i I wrote throughout the piece was that it's like this has become a bit of a status symbol in crypto you know like being able to say that you're one of the top companies that has a sponsorship with matt damon or you have um, an f1 sponsor or you sponsor you have your name on the top of a a football stadium or a basketball stadium these are all like landmark things that some of the crypto industry's biggest companies are now chasing and saying oh we have this and now more than ever it's almost even more important because if we take crypto.com as an example anecdotally anyway they are probably the biggest spender on sports sponsorships they've spent hundreds of millions of dollars across different sports but formula one is one of their biggest ones is one of their first sponsors as well um They've really tried to make their stamp on that. And this year for Crypto.com has been pretty difficult. So having that to fall back on has been really good for them, I think, in terms of image. They can say things like, okay, so you saw that headline that says we laid off a bunch of stuff. But look, our name's on top of the Miami GP, so things can't be all that bad. Did you get a sense of whether they prepaid for them or that a lot of these still have to be paid? I think they, so there's there's definitely like a, when you speak to teams anyway, so like I spoke to uh, Zach Brown, who's the CEO of McLaren Racing, and he he drives the team there. Um, they are definitely conducting more due diligence than they might have done in the past. So they're keen to make sure that the companies they do deals with can afford it, that they're good for it. They're probably going to keep the payments going if they don't even pay up front in the beginning, which I think some might. Um, we have heard reports of other crypto sponsors in the past who maybe didn't make all the payments they were meant to and then that sponsor quickly went away and even speaking to marketing experts who do these kinds of deals for formula one teams they say things like well you know if you stop paying it's pretty common in f1 to just drop a sponsor at the drop of the hat and you'll it won't be until you know we see the cars unveiled in mid-february next year that we'll really see who was able to continue holding on to that sponsorship from this year to next We'll be right back with more from Bloomberg crypto blogger, Emily Nicole. 
You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. So we also heard uh, about uh, sort of crypto fan tokens for F1 teams as well as NFTs. What's going on with that? Did actually did anything actually happen? Quite a few teams have launched NFT collections and quite a few teams have fan tokens. Not all teams, though. So it's worth noting that, you know, some teams are being more cautious. But for those that don't know what a fan token is, it is a crypto asset, like it's a tradable thing, but it's something that is tied to a team and generally can be earned as a bit like a reward or a loyalty point. So there are certain teams that, for example, don't make their Formula One to trade uh, team tokens tradable on an external exchange. You can only earn them with the provider that, that makes the token. You can earn them through engaging in the app, doing things like voting on someone's helmet or participating in a poll. Um, and then you can spend those tokens on things. So I met a fan at the Silverstone GP in the UK over the summer who spent more than 20,000 tokens on being able to go to the race with a Aston Martin like VIP experience um, but that didn't cost him any money he earned all those tokens through engaging in the app for probably a very long time mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and that's how he did it that's not to say that fan tokens aren't like that homogeneously though everywhere in mm -hmm. football for example it's been very controversial that fan tokens are tradable on external exchanges and so their price fluctuates and what's been happening as they gain more steam and more people are buying them is actually it's become a way to bet on a team's performance you know if you think they're going to win a game you probably think the price of the token's going to go up so maybe you'd buy some when it's lower similarly if you think they're going to lose a game it'll go down um and that's been quite concerning for regulators as well, thinking about, you know, whether fan tokens should be considered as akin to sports betting and gambling or financial instruments. So, you know, you met a real life fan who used a real life token. Like, what was the sense you got from that person? Like, they, they found it worthwhile. They must have been pretty excited to, to be there. Like, you know, because there's so much talk in crypto about utility, right? Do we actually need crypto what is it for aside from trading and it seems in this case like some at least one guy got to go to watch a race even though maybe he had to spend like a million hours on his phone but playing with an yeah. app but you know it might have been worth it he might not have been able i don't even know if you can buy tickets for the vip experience so you know did, did what what was the sense you got I think you probably could buy tickets if you had a lot of money. Okay. No, but, <laughs> but for the even, VIP, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. But even for like a base ticket for okay. Silverstone, for example, it's like £300, I think, if you're able to get in in the very like yeah. initial drops. Um, and for him, he was like, 
this is a once in a lifetime thing like to be able to do it at this level of like vip access and see all these people see these teams um the seats by the way were pretty like standard but you know the bit of all of the nice stuff around the day was really great and so for him he was like i would never normally get this opportunity and the race was on a sunday and he like got access to this ticket on like the friday afternoon oh wow like it was like a last minute thing oh i can spend my tokens if i want and go and see this race and be able to participate with a team that he supports um in a way that he wouldn't have had access to normally and so i'm not normally like the crypto advocate um but in this instance it was like a really great opportunity for this guy and as long as there's i think like mitigating measures on you know like if you're having to invest real money in this stuff then then that's always like going to be a benefit right especially to f1 teams who are just thinking of ways like how can i re-engage with my fan how can i re-engage with consumers in a way that benefits us as a team benefits us as an industry but also comes with relatively low risk So now I want you to take out your crystal ball, which I know like journalists love doing, being a journalist myself. But uh, what what are your, what do you think is going to happen in the next few months? What are we going to see? Are we going to see more like beachy type, which is a weird name to say, but um, type sort of pullouts? Will we see more sponsorships? Like what was the sense you got? Because you, I mean, you, you ended this, like you published a story quite recently. So, you know, but you started reporting it, I guess, was it still bull market days when you started reporting it or no? No, it was June. It was June. So. Okay, so it was always during the <laughs> there crash. There was terror star crash. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so it wasn't looking all great, but maybe they weren't quite up to speed with what was going to happen. But, you know, what what do you think is, is next? I think that, I mean, one person I spoke to who, who helps arrange these sorts of deals predicted that probably at least two of the crypto sponsors that we have now across the, I think it's something like eight or nine F1 teams that have sponsors at the minute in crypto um, will probably drop off for next da, year da, da, da. i know who will they be <laughs> um but that said that doesn't mean that i think especially certain teams have learned the hard way about doing a deal with a sponsor in an industry that can be as volatile as crypto and so hopefully this year when they were signing them there will have been a lot more homework done so like McLaren, for example, with OKX, they had that deal approved by a 15-person strong external advisory board before they would say yes to having another crypto exchange mm-hmm. as a sponsor. There's definitely been a bit of a learning curve, but F1 teams anyway are kind of getting there with the idea that, you know, if we have a big sponsor, we need to make sure they're good for the money. Um, but as I kind of said earlier, there's a, always going to be that kind of like natural turnover that happens. And in F1, they've always been pretty quick to replace you if you're not long, no longer serving their needs. All right. Thank you, Emily. Thanks for having me. You can find more of Emily Nicole's reporting on the Bloomberg Terminal, on Bloomberg.com, and on Twitter at Emily J. Nicole, at E-M-I-L-Y-J-N-I-C-O-L-L-E. On the next episode of Bloomberg Crypto, how did a Florida citrus farmer named William John Howie end up being one of the most important men in crypto, even though he died in 1938? Why are companies like Ripple fighting the SEC over something known as the Howie test? The stakes are high, as they always are, somehow, when Florida is involved. Tune in tomorrow for The Juice.
This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Send us your comments, questions, or suggestions for the show to crypto at Bloomberg.net. Or find us on Twitter, we're at crypto. The supervising producer of Bloomberg Crypto is Vicky Vergolina. Our senior producer is Janet Babin. Our producers are Mohamed Farouk and Sharon Bariro. Our associate producers are Ty Butler and Moses Undam. Desta Wonderad is our engineer. Original music by Leo Sidron. I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael. We'll be back tomorrow. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.